And it's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk. Episode number 71, recorded Thursday, March 3rd, 2016. They're back again, again. Today's episode, we're back. Splunk Talk is back. We're going to give this a shot, try to make it regular. Clint, Wild, Hal, let's do this. I got to have more cowbell. Splunk Talk, writing answers without a doubt. Splunk Talk will help you figure it out. Splunk Talk, I can tell the whole world about Splunk Talk. Splunk Talk. We're here. See, it's a radio show. How about that? Welcome, welcome everybody. It's a, it's a radio video. Who's on the Who's on the uh, line here? We got uh, Who's on the video right now? We had Hal. This This is Hal. What's your deal? Who are you? Uh, I am a currently a developer evangelist. I've been doing it for four years, and I was with you on the last podcast. You may recall. Currently. Wow, I'm reading into that. I'm reading something into that. Maybe I'll read into that later. It's Michael Wild here. Splunk Ninja guy out of Austin, Texas. Former barbecue guy. If you listened a long time ago, that's all I talked about. And uh, we have a, a f- friend on the other line. <laughs> the Itsy Bitsy Spider. <laughs> I don't know. It's just there. Go ahead. Who are you? Hi, I'm Clint. And uh, I'm a Splunker. You're, Former that- customer. Been here a while. I do IT things. That's awesome. You're Clint. Not just Clint, you're Clint Sharp. I am Clint, Clint Sharp. Sharp. And you're uh, you work at Splunk. And eventually, if you wait long enough, you can work at Splunk too, Dwayne and Greg. So and we're referring to people in the chat room. We've got a chat room going on, I guess, right now. So we do, we do. Where is Maverick with his guitar when we need him? Yeah, you know what? I think we should address that maybe on a different episode. Uh, although we had sales kickoff. This is interesting. We had sales kickoff recently. If you don't know what that is, all the salespeople from every company get together, not in the same room, because that would be weird, in one big room from one company, and talk about all the stuff we're going to do this year. Maverick did this epic guitar solo thing. Maybe I'm going to see if we can publish that. So, Okay, we're back on Splunk. Cool. All right, so um, right now we're going to, I guess we're going to kind of ad hoc it. We always have news and other stuff to talk about. But what, uh, what's happening with you, Clint, Clint, lately? You've got ITSI going, and what's, what's exciting? You're, what's on the, you're, on the, you're on the hook now. Be entertaining. I'm on the hook. Yeah, we are, uh, well, you know, because I'm, I'm a corporate dude, so there, there's lots of corporate, corporate minutiae. We won't talk about any of that. Wacky. Uh, Shill. <laughs> <laughs> the most, the most. I mean, honestly, the uh, the most exciting thing that happened was sales kickoff, right? So we got to, we all got to be in the same room, which was uh, which was pretty rare, uh, and got to see a lot of what uh, what other people were working on. For uh, for us, uh, if you guys are uh, familiar with ITSI, we're working on the the next release, so uh, it's going to be pretty killer and going to do some things that I think. Uh, uh, all of our IT brethren are uh, uh, are going to really, really like. So we, uh, without divulging too many futures, because the, the unfortunate part about being a product manager is I'm all all about futures. But uh, but we've, like got, uh, we've got some cool stuff coming or... up there. Yeah, you have to you have to walk futures. that line, don't you? It is it is a it is a fine line. Um, 
although I, I tend to be a little bit uh, more out there uh, in terms of like eh, forgiveness rather than permission, probably. Um, and talk about uh, talk about things maybe maybe a little bit uh, a little bit further in advance than than we should. So, but we'll we'll try to be careful. Glass tables that's, are that's awesome. You, Glass tables are awesome. That's all I gotta say. I'm just gonna leave. Yeah. It. So I think you're gonna. So that 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 is the marquee feature that we've built over the last couple of years, and everybody keeps asking me like, when's it coming to core? Maybe. It might be. We'll see. Uh, oh, the concept. I don't of even know about high, that. All right. What's that? That's it. It might Coming be. Core? It might. Yeah. We'll see. It's. I, I hear it's going to show up in ES, possibly in the the next release as well. So, um, that that was actually news to me. I found that out just a couple of days ago. Apparently they're uh, apparently they're throwing glass tables into into ES. That sounds good. Are are glass tables um, for those who are currently using ITC, uh The customers that that you've spoken with. Uh, is that is that like the most popular feature? What is kind of uh, you know, standing out, uh, you know, of the features in Etsy? Yeah, I think I think that's the one that gets the most attention because it's the one that's easiest to see, um, and so uh, it's incredibly powerful. This idea that you can just draw a dashboard. You know, I want to. You know, I got a whiteboard behind me, and I just kind of sketch out some stuff on this whiteboard, take a picture of it, start throwing some data on top of it. Um, and so that's been, that's been incredibly powerful and that's, that's what the customers have loved the most. But I, I think the most powerful feature of ITSI and the one that I'm most excited about, um, possibly getting to core sooner rather than later is this concept of a KPI. Mm-hmm. And, and I, the way I describe that's pretty simple. It's a search with status. So you write a search and then every time it runs, it has a status. And with that, we can build all sorts of really cool stuff on top of it, right? And uh, that's what makes Glasstable hum, because not only is it just searches on a dashboard, but it searches in their, you know, red, yellow, green. That's uh, mm-hmm. that's probably the, the the most powerful portion of it. But I keep my ear to the ground. We're I, I stay pretty close with uh, with stuff that's going on in core as well. Uh, and the guys in Slack hear about this all the time. I, I tell I give them little little previews of what's coming in, in next versions. And uh, um, the one that I'm most excited about uh, that's coming that people may or may not be aware of, it's in the beta. So I'm, I'm not leading too far in advance of, of you know, uh, what's going to be out there. It's, uh, it's a feature called MinTSIDX. And so uh, we did some research back a couple of years ago. And what we found was uh, most of the searches go over like the last four or five hours. And so why are we keeping all of this inverted index if most of the old searches are all table scans anyway? Uh, we're just chewing up disk space. And so in the next version, you'll be able to compress the index in older buckets and recover storage. So if you're running old searches, it goes really fast or it goes really slow, but you get a lot of space back. Sorry, opposite of that. Way to bury the lead it's- there. It's a bunch of jargon, but it's good. Let's just put it that it's way. It's not right? jargon. <laughs> I have this People new feature, and it makes sense. know what a TSIDX is. What? TSIDK. Okay. <laughs> TSIDK, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you know what? That, that makes me wonder what you're doing with all the old data. I think maybe you need to start searching your old data. No? We should start searching the old data. Uh, we know they don't. 
right? But, I mean, we know we know from stats and running in the cloud that for the most part, once it goes beyond uh, a couple of hours, that it, it's very infrequently accessed. Yeah, I think we could do better at that. Like, I, I like Facebook's um, feature called uh, what's it called Moments or whatever. Like today, it reminded me of interesting photos from five years ago today. Like my daughter playing with an iPad and she was five years younger than now. And having the system go back and notice or compare stuff from previous eras would be sort of cool. So I think we got a long way to go with that, but you know, and a short time to get there, something like that. Um, well, primarily we want to make it cheaper to keep that data online. Cheaper to keep keeper? the data online. Cheaper to keep her, I guess. So, um, you mean never freeze? Yeah, keep keep it there. Nice. Make it accessible. Nice. Other things we know is that, and I, I don't know about our, our friendly chat mm -hmm. channel people, but uh, most people tend to only keep 60 or 90 days online. Mm -hmm. Sounds like, yeah, that's what it sounds like. That's great. Chat what channel about the people, people that, uh, you know, do the, the regu regulatory stuff, you know, compliance stuff? Well, especially for those people, right? So if you're if you're keeping data online uh, with a big, you know, inverted index so that you can find needles in haystacks, uh, but you never search it, okay. that's a lot of wasted space, right? I, I see what you're saying. So you'll still be able to do the searches. Yeah. They will just behave. Be slower. Yeah. They'll be slower because they'll have to they'll have to read more records to find the data that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, so it's still there. Uh, we did a lot of this with the archiving feature when we released it in in Hunk, and now it's going to be an enterprise. In the next version, archiving to S3 and um, uh, or any HDFS is also included in Splunk Enterprise. Awesome! I see. Um, see, these are like these are like the little backend features that nobody nobody talks about because it's hard to make them make them understandable. That's what Splunk Talk is for, the back end features that are hard yeah. to, that are hard to Back explain so is 6.4 beta for people like people using it out there i don't know it's not out yet right it's in beta it's in beta okay. there's some cool stuff there if you're oh, in so the people don't know that it's called 6.4 see i didn't even know what you know. know what people knew so yeah it's uh uh it's codenamed no. galaxy um wow. and Although I've heard some recent feedback that basically said, you know, I can't keep track of your code names. Well, we made them alphabetical, so I don't know. Like, I don't know what we're going <laughs> to do. I can't keep track of our code names. <laughs> <laughs> well, G for goats. That's how I look at it. <laughs> okay. Um, that does help. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in there that is uh, very helpful um, that we can't talk about because it's Way public. to go, Wild. But that's right. That in the in the biz, that's what we call a teaser. Okay. Okay. Just a okay. teaser for something after the commercial. Uh, Hal, what what has got your, not got your goat, but what has got your attention lately? What what are you finding interesting, in, uh, Splunk or, whatever? Oh, let's see. I'm I'm working on um, setting up a new home lab, and uh, it's gonna have. See, and it's going to have a stream. It's going to be collecting data from from different points in my my home network. And uh, it's it's funny because I I had, I mean, I'm, I'm a geek, you know. I've had home lab setups, no. uh, but but at some point I I stopped liking caring about the infrastructure. 
and like I really was hands off on, on anything hardware and it just like like didn't interest me. And then the cloud happened and then I just, you know, would spin up something in the cloud whenever I needed something. So I mean I've got an old, you know, server from five years ago with sixteen gigs of RAM in it that hasn't been on in ages. Um, I should probably just you know officially put it out in pasture and sell it. But anyway, I got a new new box and um, set it in my lab. In fact, it's it's so small. I'll just put it in front of the, the camera here for, for those that are watching. But it's it's like an Intel NUC, I think they call it. Look, look at this thing. It's it's That's adorable. I just I just lit, I just powered it off. It's adorable. Um, sorry, VMware. But, but I'm putting VMware on it and um, uh, vSphere because that's that's what I'm familiar with from, from way back. And I am old school. Uh, gonna put uh, right now. I'm looking probably towards uh, Docker uh, and and Swarm to manage the the run. You know the, the workloads that are gonna run on it. I'm, I'm in the middle of setting that up and and working through some of the the challenge of setting that stuff up. But I'm gonna have PFSense uh, and gonna route all the home network traffic through that. And then, um, or, and or I might mirror a port either in software through PFSense or through VMware. I, I haven't really decided exactly how that's gonna happen. But anyway, data will get to stream through that. And then, um, uh, then I'm gonna splunk it all. Awesome. Yeah, so you're so, gonna run Docker. Why would you install VMware then? I mean, really? That is, well, well <laughs> Linux one, and then run one, one command. PFSense right? BSD. Okay. All right. There you and go. And I, I don't know BSD from like I don't I don't want to to install it in BSD as a host OS and go down that road. Yeah. I don't need to. There you go. So therefore, virtualization. Well, but I mean, just because it, it, it's old school, but uh, I mean, BSD is pretty awesome. I, I have no strong opinion one way or the other. There, I just am not familiar with it. So, just doing the simplest things is tedious, you know. So there's no there's no journal D, and there's no there's no system D in the BSD world. They just use scripts like good old school people should. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's see if we get. Do I get a rise out of people by mentioning system D? Man, I like system D. I think it's pretty cool. But I'm a Windows guy. Yeah, we know that. We know that. We know that. So I, I did the same thing, by the way, uh, uh, two or three weeks back, uh, and I went and I decided I was going to, uh, first, I was going to do VMware. Mm -hmm. And so I installed VMware, like I got vSphere off the website. Um, and wow, that was really complicated. And I couldn't figure out how to glue up the management tools to VMware to even provision a VM. Um and so then I gave up and I just installed Ubuntu on the box and decided I was going to do OpenStack. So I went down the road of like, hey, I'm going to try OpenStack and see see how this works because I want to provision a bunch of VMs like my because I it was it's a reasonably sized box like four cores you know 16 gigs of RAM you know figured I could get a lot of workloads on it and I did that for like two days and I couldn't even figure out how to get to the UI in OpenStack to like build a VM I don't know how anybody like and I got the like the simplest developer. Thing you could possibly get and could not could not figure it out so i just went back to running ubuntu and, and running uh, uh docker containers on it yeah yeah that's i hear you uh, yeah it's kind of where the world yeah, i mean you could going. use DevStack uh for people that are interested in uh looking at that DevStack is a an open stack project that basically wraps up um a good handful of the core modules for OpenStack and uh 
basically it's kind of a one one click. You know, you run a script and then it spins all these different things up um, in sort of a, a, a single beast mode, uh, one one node OpenStack thing. Um, Horizon, I think Horizon's the name of the project that, that does the GUI. But anyway, it, it is a big, it is its whole other thing. So I, I don't quite. Yeah, hugely unnecessary effort. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know VMware, so that was that's why I you know, no. It's I like it that way. I get oh, I know. get OpenStack. You want to run Amazon Cloud inside your own world, but like actually for a minute I thought about like KVM or, or Zen, but I, I just don't know them. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't Could know. Have done it. It's good though. So I've been going through this lately. The new hotness is Docker, obviously, and. And, uh, you know, we've been doing some interesting stuff here, the whole pile of things at Splunk. I mean, we have this user evolution of, um, well, I deploy Docker, and how do I deal with it with Splunk? Or, well, I'm deploying some apps inside of Docker. What do I do with my forwarders? How does all that stuff work? And then there's the other side of us... Splunk, the company, as a customer of Docker's, and I'll kind of talk about that in a little bit. Um, and then talking to VM people about Docker. Like, one of the most exhausting things I've been doing lately is talking to people who are VMware experts and invested their career in VMware, helping them understand why Docker is um, going to change their world um, in maybe not the but, best way. But is it web scale? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So I, so I have a, so this reminds me of a story. So I, I, I used to, people get really attached to their tools. Right? We do. Uh, Don't take my iPhone away. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> well, or, or so like you're a VMware administrator and now that that's been around long enough now that people have built their whole career. Oh yeah, totally. On being a VMware dude. Right. So I used to work with this guy who will remain nameless. And, uh, we were, a, we were a checkpoint shop, which, uh, uh, was not working out incredibly well for us at the time for a lot of reasons that I'd be happy to go into privately. Um, like maybe we could figure out how to have traffic span multiple cores. Uh, that'd be good. Okay. Um, so we, we were struggling being web scale. Um, and so we start bringing in Palo Alto and this was pretty early on day. So like 2009, maybe 2010. Um, and they weren't really much of a thing yet. I don't know if it, like they, now they're huge, obviously, but mm -hmm. at the time they were, they were pretty, pretty small. And, uh, we had this guy, we had the, the sales rep and the sales engineer from Palo Alto in the office and the firewall engineer who worked for one of my peers. And this guy seriously looks over at the sales guy for Palo Alto. And he's like, you are threatening my livelihood. It was like the most intense, scary, like sort of vendor conversation you could possibly imagine. And uh, wow. anyway, he didn't like to change. He didn't want change. No yeah. change. I mean, that's a human problem. It's not a technology problem, obviously. But uh, this is something that has always existed, right? I mean, you, you do something for a long enough time and you get comfortable and you don't want to learn a new thing. And it's kind of hard because there's like a continual struggle, uh, especially in our industry. Um, of, of having to learn new things uh, or you get left behind. Yeah, I mean, the real resistance to change is people don't, <clears throat> one, they fear losing a couple things. They fear losing connection with others that share the same things. They also fear what's on the other side and they don't know whether that's going to be great. 
yeah, the Splunk rocket ship is good for five to ten years at least. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, the... We, we, are the, we are the previous thing and the next thing. We're... <laughs> We all right. hope so. I guess we're, I don't, are we web scale though? I don't know. It's okay. hard to say. <laughs> so, MongoDB is web scale. It, if you put in a container though. It, it <laughs> Somebody so, drop that link in the, we, in the, uh, the we were at sales kickoff last week and for the nerds, we have our own kind of, we'll call it TK or technical kickoff and have a bunch of presentations and people sharing knowledge and, uh, we also have a chat room here at Splunk, uh, just all about Docker, um, and so that our own team can talk to each other and learn from each other. And sales engineer uh, asks a question either in there or in email, which is it's it's the kind of thing that's worth discussing on Splunk Talk. Uh, let's say customer is running Redis, okay in Docker, mm -hmm. and they want to know how to deal with logging, okay? So what is the first thing they attempt to do? Or the first logical path given coming from a virtualization infrastructure is to what? Maybe make a Docker image that includes Redis and the Splunk forwarder, right? What do you say about that? No, you don't no. want to put multiple processes in a single container. Right. Yeah. You well, can. Why? It just—it's like virtualization. You just do that. But it's different. Ah, it's different. So what do you do about logging? So here's the thing. You know, when I started helping him, I'm like, first of all, you don't. And mind you, this customer was on Docker 1.8. As you might have heard. Splunk has a logging driver that now ships with Docker 1.10, where you can use the HTTP event collector, which is great. Lovely. Customers on Docker 1.8. And I was like, just relaunch in 1.10. They're like, no, we don't want to do that. Like, you're in Docker, and you're already resistant to change. Yeah, they, okay. they did miss that. <laughs> okay. okay. But really, the way... It, it, it's, it's going to change the way logging happens and the way processes are run, at least in the way I see things. So typically, we, when we run um, software in Windows as a service or Linux as a daemon, you don't see standard out. It just, well, it goes to a log file. Um, in the world of Docker... One, you don't need to run an app as a daemon anymore. And two, you can actually let everything go to standard out. And that when you do that, it's a different configuration of your app. It allows Docker to gain access. Docker knows about system out. And when you launch a, an image to be a container, you can add the logging driver so let's say you wanted to send all of standard out to system to syslog. You could do that, right? Now in Docker 1.10, you can use the HTTP event collector token systemy thing and launch the container with those as arguments. And some of this, I think, is going to be a little bit of learning for existing people who run apps and how we configure logging. Log files aren't almost necessary in the world of a container, but getting logs out are. I don't know what you guys think about that. 
Yeah, so I, I, I think a lot about, you know, what's the, what's sort of the future of, mm-hmm. of IT. I mean, the first thing to understand is that, in terms of adoption, any anybody who has actually typed Docker Run is already on definitely the leading edge, if not the bleeding edge. Right. Right. Um, so it's 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 coming. It's the future. But um, uh, has anybody? I'll share the link of uh, a standard adoption cycle of enterprise IT, which is generally like eight to ten years behind, like what people you know uh, startup sort of things are doing. Is this going to break uh, my heart? Is, is it going to break your heart? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably so. It's uh, uh, but at the same time, uh, we, we want to be prepared for the future, right? And and I'm not. I, I'm not so sure about, so logs, I think, are inextricably linked to the log file. Eh. And, and so, I, so I think that eventually what we'll start to see them as is events. And that's skipping a, that's, the file, skipping the disk entirely. Yeah, that no, no, no disk, just, just an mm-hmm. event that ends up on a bus. And there are multiple subscribers to the bus, just like hopefully people are subscribing to our newsletter. Assuming we had one, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. It is. <laughs> if we had one, <laughs> menagerie. Dude. Hey, I subscribe to your newsletter, please. <laughs> so I, I really, really the, and the the thing that we debate constantly here in the the halls of HQ, which people are, are you at HQ? Yes, I'm in a generic conference room with with a whiteboard. I'm at HQ. Um, the is you know what is that? How how is that data going to move? I. I honestly think that the, I mean, agency, the whole idea of an agent is, is dead in the future. Um, Agree. No need for that. Um, people will probably be using some sort of bus to move those events, possibly Kafka, possibly, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I doubt it'll be proprietary, but I think we still have the best engine for consuming that data and making it relevant than, than anybody else in the business. And I, I see a bright future for us. Uh, although it does start to change the value prop of Splunk. Like, are we an end-to-end solution or are we a data engine? All right, we're trying to figure all that stuff out. But the world's going to be different, that's for sure. Change is inevitable. Yeah, yeah. and so you have to figure it out internally for yourself, and uh, companies have to go through this as well. Yeah, it's... it's um, and I th- I've been saying to people internally to kind of get them to understand. And when I say this, it's mostly to salespeople and SEs, is that where you are right now, if you even remember way back when there was a thing called VMware Workstation, and that was 2000, 2001 maybe? Yeah, maybe a little earlier. Um, And you didn't know how big this shit was going to be. I think that the containerization thing will be more significant to the world than virtualization ever was. That's a definitely bold statement that people can argue with. But I'm sure somebody back then said, this is the new VMware was like, this is it. This is how it's going to work. And um, <clears throat> and at least wakes people up. Now, it were co- it's causing change. So wh- what I saw... <clears throat> When I first looked at Docker, I was like, wow, it's really easy to just run stuff. And it is. Even if Well, going back to the, the mention of the customer you were talking to, hey, I'm on Docker 108, uh, you know, your stuff is on 110. Mm-hmm. 
once you kind of put your mind in the frame of, yeah, but all you have to do is a single command line and you're running a new Docker engine and it's another single command line and the same workload that you were running in production a second ago on the old one is now on the new one. Dude, they didn't want know, to do that. They yeah. didn't, but they could. Well, the they, so, they, so, so yeah. that, that reminds me, I have to get on my soapbox for, for just a minute about command lines. Uh-oh. And the command line is a user experience that matters. Agree. Docker's user experience is abysmal, like abysmally bad, right? And, and this is something that the, the next generation of tools is going to have to sort out. They, they need to be operable, right? So eventually, yes, I get the whole value prop. Developer compiles code, puts in container, same code, moves all the way through, right? When stuff, don't want to get any more bleeps, when stuff don't work, you know, I, I want a tool chain that I can use to inspect the current running state of what's going on. I want to be able to look at it. I want to be able to, to troubleshoot it. I want to be able to get some information about what um, uh, what all is going on. And to do that in Docker, it all starts with Docker run dash IT PS blah. Like it's just the command lines are just abysmally freaking long. And then even just to get a shell on, and then they're like, well, you should never have to get a shell. Just restart it. That's not a way to run a system. <laughs> we don't just reboot things. This, that's Everybody criticized Windows for this a decade ago, and now, it's not, now they're bringing it to Linux. it's rebooting. Like, I, I don't disagree with you on the, the CLI experience there, but it's not rebooting. The, the point is that if you have things arranged in such a way, the workloads that you're running, that they are, for example, microservices, I'll use that, that keyword there, then, then you have a, a raft of these things that can answer the requests. And when you down one and reconfigure it and then run it again, you've not affected the service. If you're doing no, 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 I, no, I get that, but but that also leads to a okay. So there, there's a bug in your software. How do you fix it? Kill container, restart. It's easy. You don't need troubleshooting tools because it's just gonna. It'll just sort itself out because it's all, and you hear these stories about people who are actually deploying these microservices and they come back months later and find out that, well, the application survived because it was well architected, but it turned out that like processes were crashing left and right and user experience was terrible, uh, but it, it self-healed and so all was good. But that's a bad way to design systems. We should, you know, it, the, it, the pendulum has swung too far is all I'm saying, right? We, we need to come back, but more importantly from the user experience perspective, like I, I want... I want simple Unix tool chain stuff, right? Like the, I like being able to SSH into a box and run actual commands. So give me a user experience that looks a lot more like the, the Unix tool chain rather than putting everything under one command and making me type a whole bunch of stuff afterwards. Like it's just, it's a really, really terrible user experience. And that was five minutes on the soapbox by Clint. <laughs> now, so, you know what? Um, one thing that's great about Docker, the company is Everything is API based, which sometimes irritates me as well. So, Docker Kitematic, which is that um, login, that that tool that you use on your desktop that has a VM installed, that doesn't work with Trusted Registry yet. And I'll talk about Trusted Registry in just a second. But um, they're at, they bought that from a different company, and now they're actually taking a hard look at that and saying, "All right." What should be the developer experience on the desktop? And I think Kitematic is going to look a lot different in a year than it does now. And I think also there's there should be, should Docker be the ultimate one that makes the greatest tool that Clint needs? Maybe, maybe not. 
You know, yeah. I think there's opportunity for, well, I mean, you can just make ITSI do everything you wanted Docker to do, right? Uh, a little bit of a different space, but ah, yeah. But yeah. just we'll, answer we'll yes we'll and then build it. So, um, hey, don't, don't don't start putting this into like, well, what could we make our stuff do? I ah, mean, like then, then then I have to actually go do something right here. I can just ah, complain. Ah, dang it! That's I, right. I expect uh, th- this is like um like a campaign promise, right? If, if you say <laughs> something on the podcast, <laughs> it's it's equally applicable as a campaign promise. Well, but and and like campaign promises. Uh, and I just got out of a meeting before I came to this one where uh, we were talking about Hunk, which is a product that I used to work on. And we're now starting to get to some of the backlog items we put in uh, two and a half, three years ago. Nice. Well, <laughs> eventually, eventually everything <laughs> works itself out, though, you know. Um, so I'm doing uh, I became a Docker customer as well um, for all of our demos. So we're looking at doing things like containerizing or making images out of all Splunk demos, which, you know, I think would be a cool thing also for people who build Splunk apps. So when you go over to Splunk base to actually make it so you could launch a container to see how that app works before you try it, because we can't do that in Splunk. So uh, we can't, we can't really just, well, we know people try things in production and that's not always the best thing, but we're setting up Trusted Registry and their front end, is sto- uh, storm. front end to Swarm called Universal Control Plane. And that's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, that's all good. Um, what's happening lately if we go over to... Well, I was, I was wondering, yeah. Michael, about the time. Okay. Time well, check. We're, we were at the top of the hour. Yeah, but we didn't start at the top of the hour, though. So. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. I... My dogs got out earlier, and I had to fetch them, and it interrupted a call, and I was late, so sorry. And literally my dogs, not just my feet. Um, uh, okay. Okay. News? There are you're, some you're things that- going on. Um, if you were listening live here, there are events. There's RSAs happening right now, isn't it? Right it's now. Moving. There's literally an right army. Now. There's an army of customers in the office. Oh, just run around same outfit or or no like with a uniform yeah what's the deal no like well most well if the uniform is like suits then yeah there's a lot of those well you'll fit right in (laughs) so rsa is happening uh, and that's exciting there are over on com slash news i think it is there's an events page um a bunch of stuff coming up i did not i learned today apparently hal knew this that Huntsville is also known as Rocket City. Did you know that, Clint? Uh, yeah, because don't they, 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 that's where all the NASA stuff is down that way, right? Yeah, so there's a Rocket Huntsville Rocket City user group. That's where they up. used to have Space Camp, right? Isn't that where you used to, when you, like in the 80s when you were Space Camp? Isn't that where you went? I thought that was Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same place. As in Houston, we have a problem? No? Well, that's, that's the control center. Oh, okay. No, no, I, I think that you went to Huntsville, right? You went to Alabama. Huntsville, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My wife went there. I missed it. Like, I wanted to go do that so bad. Dude, when, when you were a kid, was there anything you wanted to do more than space camp? I mean, I, I can't, I mean, I, oh, if yes. I could do it right now, I would totally go. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Right on the animal chin ramp. Okay. <laughs> I mean, really? Sorry, as a skateboarder. Uh, so there's also a Splunk Live literally happening today. 
and uh, and there's something in if, Singapore. But if you're not in that city, then that's in San Diego. Then don't go. Okay. Uh, user group in Chennai tomorrow, which is probably actually now. Um, uh, it is now. It's right. They're they're about 13 hours. Well, right now it's kind of midnight, I think. But yeah, 10 a.m. It'll be it'll be. you are a robot i know it's a rope well it's a i've been working on this stand-up act um cisco live melbourne australia march 8th through the 11th and anything else st louis user group on the 10th this is a long page of stuff rocket city splunkers march 14th and i'm sure clint will be going to the gartner business intelligence and analytic analytics summit right in grapevine texas i've actually managed to to avoid almost all events this year I'm going to DockerCon. As are I. Yeah, we'll be there. June in Seattle. So a lot of stuff coming up. Um, Send your suggestions to SplunkTalk at Splunk.com. Tweet at SplunkTalk. One day we'll have these posted on our YouTube channel. (laughs) We'll post this. I'll take care of getting this very video on the YouTube channel. But I want to thank everybody from listening Thank you, Clint, and Hal, and all the people in the chat room. Have an awesome week and happy school.